Well, we might make a start. I think there's probably going to be people that are going to be sneaking in and all this stuff in and out. And um, yeah, so welcome. Thanks for coming to the last one we're doing on becoming a contagious Christian. Um, next week, we're doing something very different. We've got um, a, a little mini-series in the lead-up to Easter called uh, Heroes of the Faith. I keep spelling it with hero apostrophe S, which Charlotte drives Charlotte nuts, because <laughs> all school teachers know it's meant to be ES, right? Heroes, yep. Anyway, um, so that's happening next week. So we've got Chris Page, who's going to be speaking about um, John Bunyan. And then we've got Rob Yu, who's going to be speaking about Jonathan Edwards. Mm-hmm. And then we've got um, Davin, who's going to be speaking about John Wesley. So it's the Johns. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, thanks so much for these guys for agreeing to do this. Everyone who I asked to be on the panel was very, very reluctant to do it, and um, and I understand that the reason why is because um, you know we're not experts, right? And um, and that's not what this is about. It's not about experts coming and giving a professional opinion about reaching out. It's just about people who are having a go, being faithful. And um, so really what we wanted to do is just spend the time, I've got some prepared questions, but then any questions anyone might have about anything that gets raised or about uh, what we thought during their experience or about things to encourage other people, just a good platform that we could you know, spend some time sharing about that. Um, so before we do anything else, why not pray for us and then um, we'll get stuck in. Lord, um, we just want to thank you again this morning for your grace and mercy towards us. Lord, you are good. And we see that even in small things like the rain that falls. Um, we're, we're just reminded afresh that your mercies are new every day and that you've been so gracious to us. Thank you, Lord, for shining a light into our hearts and opening our eyes to see you. Thank you, Lord, for lifting the veil that we could come and see the glory in Jesus Christ and come trust in him. And, Lord, when it comes to being on mission and being faithful in that, Lord, all of us feel weak all of us find it just so painfully difficult and yet we do want to be faithful lord and so we just pray as we have this time of honest conversation that you would be with us Mm -hmm. and you'd be helping us you'd be encouraging us to know that we're not alone in mission but you are with us you are empowering us you're the god who said let there be light and you will help us lord and so we pray um, just asking that you would really manifest your presence in this conversation in jesus name we pray Amen. Amen. Rightio. Well, um, what I want to do, I've got, like I said, I've got four um, set questions that I've sort of asked these guys to kind of prepare for and think about beforehand. But maybe just a little bit of a rehash, first of all, about what we've been talking about over the last kind of four weeks, just to kind of refresh your memories, because, you know, cast your mind back to you know, mid-February and now a month later, it could be a bit foggy. I get a bit foggy about what happened in the morning, so um, I learned a month ago, so... Our first um, message that we had, we're really looking at character and um, looking at the importance of character on mission. Now, obviously, from what we've been talking about, we don't preach gospel of ourselves, right? It's not about, you know, the excellent gospel of Brendan Willis, you know, and what a shining example of humanity he is. And now, you know, you want to put your faith and trust in him. That's not our message, right? So it's not about us. But yet, um, character is something that does adorn the gospel and character is something that's important to, to think about and we just looked at three really um, powerful qualities that can have a big effect on people and they are authenticity compassion 
and um, thirdly, sacrifice and just how could we really grow in those and how God can help us to grow in those. So that was the first week. The second week we then went to look on and Riley gave us an excellent message about conviction and just the things that um, we need to believe about God and about what he calls us to do um, in order to be faithful on, um, on mission. And we're looking at that issue of God's sovereignty, you know, that he's sovereign over all things. Um, he's sovereign over people coming to Christ. He's sovereign over everything, but more than that, he sovereignly places us in different places because he wants to use us as part of his plan and purpose. Also remembering God's grace, the grace he extends to weak people, um, the grace he shows to people who are full of failings, the, the grace of the message of the gospel itself. And lastly, God's power, his power to save, his power to open blind eyes. And um, just spend some time thinking about that and how it's so important that we know right what our part is and, and what God's part is when it comes to being faithful on mission. Then we went from there to look at competence and this issue of knowing the message well enough to share and that idea that maybe some of the difficulty we face in talking about the gospel is that actually we're out of practice. We're not used to talking about the gospel amongst ourselves, with other people. We're not used to looking at all of life in light of the gospel, so it's an unnatural thing for us to talk about. Um, And looking at how there's some simple ways and strategies that you can have to actually spend some time, devote some time to actually learning and growing and being confident in knowing what the message is, knowing the message well enough to share it with other people. Um, We then spent some brief time about this idea of leading spiritual conversations and um, what really is in essence breaking down the barrier between the way I talk to unbelievers and the way I talk to believers and trying to have a degree of integrity and openness just to share our failings and to share how we're wrestling with the truths of God and just being honest about it. Like if the gospel is such a core aspect of who I am, we just want to be open with people and say, well, this is me. you asking me how I'm doing? This is where I'm at in my life. This is what actually I'm really thinking about and wrestling with. Not in a retarded, you know, um, kind of, well, you know, you know, like a lame kind of spilling out some spill sort of thing, but in just an open openness mm-hmm. and an honesty um, so that people can see the world through our eyes and so they can see how the gospel interacts with our life. And lastly, courage, this idea that you can't, you know, learn the gospel and learn how to share it in such a way that no one will ever be upset or offended with you. Mm-hmm. You know, like successful evangelism and mission isn't sharing the gospel so really well and building such a good friendship and trust so that when you share with them about Jesus that they go oh that's wonderful and give you a hug and you know that's not what faithfulness is um, because there's a real cost and the message is offensive and no matter how well we try and be winsome and wise in the way we share with people we're really risking in sharing the gospel crossing the pain line and 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 experiencing pain. Um, but the flip side of that is because we experience pain, it doesn't necessarily mean we've been unfaithful. You know, just because someone says, oh, that's what this is all about, you're just out to, you know, I'm, I'm your project and you've just always been waiting to talk to me about Jesus because that's what your end goal is and you don't really care about me, doesn't mean we've been unfaithful because the message is offensive and people will take offense and relationships will be lost and there will be a price to pay if we're going to be faithful. So they're the four different messages um, we've had just by way of recap. 
Um, what I wanted to start off with and just go through the panel, and I've got a few questions here, um, just getting an idea of um, you know what these guys have been up to, and um, you know uh, you know what they've been doing, and maybe some of their struggles. Um, now everyone knows everyone, but because we're recording this, just so people listening in, I think most people will be able to recognise um, your voice, but it might be helpful just to say I'm. Maybe I'll just say it. Uh, Matt, so we've got Maddie Lick, we've got Riley Spring, and we've got Emma Kulinich joining us on the panel. So thanks so much for coming, guys. Why don't we start off with Maddie? Uh, first question: What's your greatest struggle uh, in being faithful on mission? Um, I was thinking of this, and I was trying to figure out which one I have a few struggles. Um, I think the greatest one is, has definitely been fear of rejection and fear of what people think of me. Um, I've valued acceptance um, quite highly, and like you liked. Uh, so I think um, that's been a big fear. I mean, the gospel is quite countercultural. So at uni um, and just in life. Um, just to have a we pass okay. it along. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think. My biggest, fear, my biggest struggle has been fear, and I think God has been growing me in knowing that my, in understanding my identity is in Him, not in uh, what people think of me, uh, and you know it's still a struggle. But um, just knowing that God died for me, that He He lays life down for me, and I'm precious in His sight. It doesn't matter what people think of me; I'm accepted by Him, um, and that's been a process of God really putting that in my heart um, and making me understand it emotionally, not just in my head. It's like, yeah, I know God God accepts me. Um, yeah, so... And also that... Whether, if people reject me, it doesn't affect my standing with God and my eternal status, if you want to put it that way. Um, but that God, um, God can use me in in talking to people about Him um, to change somebody else's eternal status. Mm-hmm. So I guess trying to get over that fear. Yeah. That's great. Thanks for sharing that, Maddie. And I think I don't think there's a single person here who doesn't resonate with that as a struggle. You know, um, mm-hmm. I know for me, when you go to share with someone, that's a, you know, that's the very first thing that's on my mind if I'm going to talk to someone about faith. You know, it's like, how are they going to respond to this? Mm-hmm. Is this going to really change? Yeah, and not having control over that. Right. I think that's another thing I've wrestled with. Like, I can't control how they're going to respond. Right. Um, I've got to trust that God's controlling, like, got that in control. Um, he's sovereign, but... And so my identity, kind of sense of identity, hinges on, you know, this relationship, then the risk is even more, right? Mm. You know, if I I consider myself, well, I, I feel happy because of this friendship, you know. Mm. I depend on this friendship for my happiness and my sense of security because you're like, you know, then, then the risk is... 
is mm. so much more, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Mm. That's great, Maddie. Yeah. Riley, what, what would you think you want to add to that? You know, what, are, what, are you, what are your struggles, mate, when it comes to just... Well, yeah, I'll, you know, that's definitely one. And so I'll add a new one, which is I actually find it hard to talk to resonate with unbelievers that aren't students or sort of at a different stage of life so when they're getting especially when they're excited about something which is completely contrary to what i believe i just i just because i'm such a passionate person like i can if they don't like the music i like i'll just come back at them like oh come on this is the best or the the coffee or the beer or whatever i'll just i'll come back at them but when they're like got a contrary view or a miss you know misinterpreted view of and they're passionate about their view i just i don't know what to do because they're like yeah yeah look you know when i get before the big man i'll just be like look you know whatever it'll be fine we're mates and i'm just like oh you know no but i but if he was like oh you know i don't like that beer i'd be like no but it's awesome but when it's in that kind of really sensitive moment like they're not that they're being sensitive about it I kind of I seize up I don't know what to do um, and so I, I recognised this a couple of weeks ago I realised I'm no good at this like I, I'm genuinely not good in that moment you know I'm good at connecting with people but when it comes to that moment I can't do it so I just fought fire with fire the other day with one of my mates who's my next door neighbour and I just went with it and I was just it was a lot easier I just was normal and so he was talking about that I was like you don't think that's really true, do you? Come on. Like I was, you know, and so I was able to overcome that struggle. And so I think got to keep going in that a little bit more. And it's easier when you kind of know where that person's coming from. Um, yeah. But that that moment where they're passionate about a contrary view to me yeah. and I don't want to come across as something that I am. <laughs> I don't want to be real. <laughs> where your friends are like, oh, it's so good seeing so many corporates coming online with a marriage equality. Oh, man. And it's like that moment of, yeah. Um, uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then I get there. I don't know what to say. And then uh, it's just that, uh. 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 <laughs> Yeah. Even, even in, um, you know, um, in some ways, I find myself like an honest struggle with me along those lines is like so much of my life is in the church. It's so much like the church is my passion. It's my hobby. It's my family. Yeah. It's my friends. Same. I don't have a lot of interest outside yeah. the church. <laughs> yeah, I don't so care what happened on the church. church. Like, I don't even know what we're going to talk about. Yeah. No, I think that's a good point too. It's like, uh, I don't really know what happened in the footy or even the news the last week because yeah. I've been doing other things. Yeah. Yeah, so. I've been reading this really good book on theology. <laughs> yeah, on anti-same-sex marriage. It's awesome. Yeah. So true. Yeah, Emma. I mean, I'm sure you resonate with um, a lot of stuff you said. I do. I do indeed. Um, one of the other things, and just to add, is that sometimes it's very convenient for me to stay in the caring stage of mm. the C4. Uh, theory, so just sort of, you know, like, you know, 
do things for others and things like that, but not actually to communicate. So I know yeah, that's, that's one of my struggles is to transition and to be intentional with going between communi- uh, going between commu- uh, caring yeah. to communicate. And I think that's probably, you know, the point, if I'm going to reflect and be completely honest, that's the point yeah. of challenge for me where I go, okay, these people are not mind readers. They don't have a crystal ball. Yeah. Um, they don't know that I'm throwing a dinner party because, you know, I guess I do want to care for them, absolutely, but I also want to communicate right. with them. So I need to be specific and intentional in making that conversation actually happen and not assuming that they know my motives when I don't actually speak about my beliefs. Mm. So for me, that's one thing that um, I've identified and I am still a work in progress. Mm. Mm, um, another thing is my false expectation that actually being a contagious Christian is actually to infect somebody with Christianity. Right. Um, and since I am outcomes driven in my work and perhaps in my personality, mm. then not seeing a result can be discouraging. Mm. And I know that um, when I read through this book here, uh, what they, what Rico Tai said on page 56, which I might as well just read, um, really resonated with me because that helped me rethink about and be challenged about what my expectation and actually what my responsibility is. And my responsibility is not with conversion, it's with telling the truth and witnessing. So um, this was very liberating. So our job is not to convert people. It is to witness to Christ. Conversion isn't the mark of a successful witness. Witnessing is. Think about a courtroom. Witnesses are there to tell the truth. That's successful witness. If the jury doesn't believe them, Hmm. um, that's not their fault or failure. You have not failed if you explain the gospel and are rejected. You have failed if you don't try. So this is the part that I highlighted and that has sort of been circulating in my mind that it's not about... It's not about the results, even though, yes, of course it's about the result, but it's not about success or failure in that moment. It's about being having the integrity and the commitment and the faithfulness to be able to have a conversation when you may not want to or when you may feel discouraged. So they're probably um, some of my other struggles. Uh, One of the other things that's probably specific to me is that when I do talk about my faith, um, people go, oh, so what does your husband think? And then that quickly descends Mm. into an awkward conversation. But that's also me practising honesty um, in mm. you know my life and my walk and and things like that, so I need to you know not use that as a barrier for mm. I don't know not being open mm. and and things like that, and think that's part of my my journey and part of my testimony as well. So there are you know many struggles, but um, mm. some that I've highlighted. Thanks so much for sharing that, Em. And um, do you know what I was just thinking then as you were sharing, just you know about you know the situation obviously um, at home. Um, I reckon that probably shines something of your faith even more. Mm, because um, despite having you know, a home situation where not everyone is on board, you continue to trust. Mm. And, think, and so I think that says something to someone that yeah. this is more than just I do this because it's comfortable for me. Mm. Yes, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yes, yes. So, yeah. yeah. Thanks so much for sharing. I, I hope you guys are getting a sense of different struggles and resonating with yeah. you know how we all really struggle on this. You know, um, none of us have arrived in being awesome and talking really about Jesus. But I think um, that book, Honest Evangelism, yeah, seriously, if you if you want yeah. to, you know, it's not it's only a short book. It's probably only a few hours worth of reading. 
um, the best book I've read on evangelism. And um, it's just so provoking and um, a fantastic resource. And that's so true. The win, just like we were talking about at church yesterday, isn't someone coming to faith. It's actually someone hearing about Jesus. That's what successful witnessing is all about. So, okay, well, that's some of the struggles. Maybe um, you now guys uh, share with everyone a little bit. Um, maybe what's one way you're seeking to step out of faith to share Christ with uh, an unbeliever or with unbelievers? Maybe give um, people an idea of what's one thing you, you're currently doing or maybe you've done in the past um, to really talk to people about Jesus. I think for me at the moment, um, um, I'm at university and I'm in a set group of people who I see every week quite a few times in the week um, so I spend a fair few hours with them um, and last year because I was quite fearful I tended to avoid hanging out with people outside of class and I avoided going to the social things that were run because I was I knew topics would come up which I'd either have to say something about or be silent on which were both quite uncomfortable so mm. I basically avoided them um, mm. going to them and also I don't know, I was just very closed off about talking or fearful about talking about what I do outside of uni, which is a lot of church involvement and things like that. Um, like, I'd mention it, but it was a big thing to mention it. Um, so this this year, um, and this semester especially, I've been trying to just be real with people and just share what I do on the weekend, what, what my church involvement and be okay to talk about God and what's important, you know, be myself, I guess, around people. And I'm trying to um, hang out with people more and get to know the different groups within the bigger group um, and just connect with more people and care for them. Um, Praying for an opportunity to be able to um, have those conversations um, about the gospel. Um, and just see where it goes. But I think one of the big things this year has just been stepping out and just trying to be real with people and not be ashamed of... Because I, I, I truly, you know, a church and everything, it's easy, I believe it, it's, it's my life. And then you put me in a group of different people, different religions, different backgrounds, and I'm just like, how can I say what I believe and take this stand? And again, it comes to that fear of rejection. Um you know, what are they going to say? What are they going to think? And so I'll close off and not not share what I believe. Yet it is, you know, it, the gospel is the power of God to set people free. Um, and, and I think I've just, God's been convicting me that I need to be caring more about the people that I'm around than about how comfortable I am. Um, so, yeah, that's something that I've been trying to step out in. Awesome. Yeah, it's great, mate. Thanks so much for sharing. How about you, Ross? What's one way you kind of step out of faith and be sharing Jesus with people in your life? I mean, obviously, it's a bit of a unique period of time for you. Well, I get paid to do it, so <laughs> that's always helpful. And I'm in a context... So, guys, if you want to grow... Yeah, just, yeah. just get a job get a where, job where it is your it. stipend. Um, look... You know, so, commission, basically. Oh, <laughs> man. 
that or that, or that or that. I wonder if we'd cross the pain line more if there was a monetary. <laughs> well, there's treasures in heaven, right? That's what do we care about? But um, uh, so a couple of things I'll mention. One is after reading the book, just being reminded there is a pain line and it's okay to cross it. Um, in the context that I'm at in my school, where we see students from four years old to 18, we play the long game. Um, because we have chapel every week, Christian studies every week. There's voluntary Christian groups. There's, there's Bible verses in assembly and prayer. Like there's just Christianity is everywhere. And so we play the long game. But what that sometimes can mean is that we, we avoid the pain line. Or I avoid it. I won't speak for everyone there. But I avoid the pain line. Because you're like, well, I'll, I'll get another chance next week. Or another chance, another chance, another chance. Um, but I think what that leads to is sometimes not really actually being authentic and honest about what I believe. And so, you know, the, the hot topic issues will come up and I'll sort of work my way around it. Um, but lately I've just been a bit more free and lucid with my thoughts and just kind of said, you know, no, I oppose same-sex marriage. And I think that homosexuality is an abomination and is sinful. <laughs> and saying that in a classroom with all these you know, liberal kids, I was like waiting for the destruct button to come. Um, but what, I, what ended up happening was, because I said, well, I was able to share it confidently, not ashamed. I was able to share it without emotion in the sense of like, I, I don't hate anyone. Like, let's just pause a second for these guys. So you're at Christian school. Yeah. Not like all like crazy. No, no, it's a church school where majority of people have a, a religious view of things um, or no faith at all. Right. Uh, and so, but most, most people reflect the current society and what they believe. Um, and so to kind of share those views, but then to just calmly state my reasons that are well thought out, and not compromise and have an in, a, a whole view, like a view with integrity that's not changing and chopping. At the end, I kind of, I spoke to a few of them. I said, um, you know, have I lost all respect with you now? They're like, no, no, we love it. Like, you know, you, we disagree, but, you know, like it's that sense of, in some ways, one of the great things about culture now with young kids is they want you to be fully you. So if you believe that, and you you think that's true, then they they actually want you to truly believe it and not be half-hearted in it. And so, um, and so when you know, and I have a relationship with them, etc. So th- there is that that element. Um, so I've just taken a bit more liberty of late to share my views, partly because I know I'm leaving as well. And so there's that kind of sense, oh, I can do it. Um, and then I've just I've had a few chances reading this book. I've been sharing trying to talk to people on the train a little bit more uh, and then if, you know I'm in a new neighborhood so I'm meeting people so I've got fresh opportunities to kind of talk about godly things and so I came home from church last week after writing my neighbor's name down when Brendan asked oh who are you going to um, commu- communicate the gospel with and there it was sitting out there um, doing some work and I knew he was doing work, but I interrupted him anyway. <laughs> and I, I just sat there, I ate my lunch with him, we had a couple of beers, and we were just talking. He's an ex-army guy, etc. And anyway, we, he, all these chats, but it came down to judgment and standing before God. And you know, and I was able to share Hebrews nine or whatever it is. Each man is appointed to die once and then to face judgment. 
and like not go away from that. Be like, no, you're going to be judged by God, and I'm going to be judged by God. And his response was, look, if I get to that point, you know, I'm an army guy. So God, if you need an army, I'm in. I'm a soldier. You need me to take hell? I'll do it. <laughs> so his, his hope is that God will enlist him into the army, um, which is awesome, but not going to happen. Uh, so, but not not being afraid. This is the same person I was afraid to kind of share my real views with, as I was mentioning before. Not being afraid to just go, this is what I believe. And look, if you don't like it, I'm not changing it because of this conversation. I'm just going to keep believing it anyway and just be honest that I believe it rather than dishonest that I... They probably think I believe it, but I'm not telling them I believe it. And so I've just ended up nowhere and probably worse off. So that's a couple of things I'm drawing. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that, Riley. How about you, Em? That's um, one way you're seeking to step out in faith. And... Yeah, well, this year in particular, I've really made a conscious decision not to compartmentalise work and my beliefs. Mm. Um, and probably up until this year, you know, I'd get to work, I'd do my work, I'd go home. And that worked for me from a work-life family balance and mm. things like that. But it's really been grating on me and challenging me to, to invest in the people at work because I sit next to people for such a long, you know, the long hours during the day and to, to really get to know them. So what I had done, and this is small steps for me, is to try and, uh, you know, just make small changes by making, you know, what do I do on the weekends? More of a conversation. Um, what have you done? Oh, I've done this. I've gone to church or I've done, you know, this during the week. Uh, so it's just starting small to at least be identified as someone who is a churchgoer and then that will lead to, to other things. And uh, I was thinking also, um, our, my place of work has had 10 resignations or 10 people leave since January. So wow. it's quite a hostile place at wow. the moment. So there's lots of misery. Uh, so and I've just been on the lookout for people I can just sort mm. of share hope with. And yeah. I know there was one girl who was my my colleague and she was sitting next to me. And she was doing a lot of crying, so I bought her a chocolate-coated strawberry because that seems to be my, my thing at work. Um, so I bought her that, and she was telling me I have no value, um, and this is in an open workspace. And she was just crying and oh, just really upset, so I gave her a hug. I gave her a chocolate-coated strawberry, and then I went to my handbag, and I've gone, I've got a, um, the invitation to introducing Jesus. And it had already, I think it was the day before the introducing Jesus one, so it's quite fresh. And I said, look, I know this is a long way away from where you live, but um, this is who I turn to, and this is where my hope is. And then I wrote my personal phone number on on the card. I've gone, I know you probably can't attend it um, because of the distance and she doesn't drive. Um, but, you know, you need to think about where your hope is, and this is where my hope is. And we kind of left it at that because we both then had, she needed to regain composure and work, and I needed to, to do the same. But it was sort of... Wow stepping out and going, okay, well, we've got misery and that sort of needs a bit of comfort yeah. and I have an answer yeah. um, to so cry. Good. So it's sort of, yeah, and look, there are opportunities that are missed that I go, oh, come on. So it's sort of, um, yes, there might be, you know, a, a great moment, but it's also countered by opportunities missed and I need to remind myself that, you know, I am also on a journey and to be kind to myself, but yet to still strive mm, forward um, and go, yes, but, yes, but, and, you know, try and learn from that and go, okay, mm. what what could I have done? 
and, and things like that. Yeah, so right. one of the other things that I have done to try and make sort of talking about church and beliefs sort of more natural, and that was a, a struggle for me at work, is to tell people that I love listening to audiobooks. And I've got a 2017, uh, this is me being a bit quirky, um, program for reading books or listening to books. So I listen to one biography, an autobiography, followed by a work-related book on privacy or data, and then I listen to one Christian parenting book. So I tell people about my rotations of books and then I print screen my library and SMS it to them. And then I'm hoping that that would then, um, you know, by me being intentional, I suppose, mm. will then sort of stimulate That's conversation. Cool. So it's about you know, not being sneaky, but, you know, using wisdom and going, well, what, what do I do in my life yeah. that can be incorporated into conversation, which can then be used yeah. as building blocks. So it's being, you know, being smarter, not being... Uh, and just being intentional, just thinking about all these little things that can add up to something more, which can then be building blocks for, you know, a great conversation. And just finally, before I talk, um, you're to sleep. Um, Wesley, there's the Wesley Mission opposite my work building. So once a month, they have an op shop uh, there at the Wesley Mission. And so I've now got a whole group of girls that we go op shopping with. And last Thursday, Wesley Mission people actually handed out a track. Um, which we all happily, you know, took. Um, and although there haven't been many conversations, actually haven't been any conversations, um, there will be, because I'm intending that there are going to be <laughs> <laughs> conversations when we walk into... <laughs> so, you know, like, I'm just thinking ahead. I mean, what can I do? Yeah, like, okay, well, we're, so you know, we're spending $6 on a new shirt, second-hand shirt. Um, you know, we can also incorporate, you know, a coffee and a chat about the meaning of life and other things as we as we do that. So how can I incorporate stuff like that into my work life? So good. I think um, just love your example in that end. And uh, one of the things that I think just reminded me of um, as you were sharing there about introducing Jesus, I think in our culture we want to continue to run courses because I think they're a great opportunity. But increasingly, um, one of the things that Rico talks about in that book and in the seminar he does is that 10, 15 years ago, you'd have people come to church, hear about a course, and they'd think, yeah, that's that's something that I probably should do. Because Christianity was vaguely somewhere in their in their vision, um, even if they think thought Christians were a bit strange. But these days, people will come to church, hear about a course, and for most people, they won't have that thought anymore. That's something I should do. They'll, they'll think more, okay, nice, whatever. And there won't be a thought that that should be something. So if, if ever there was a case where it's really the buck stops with us to talk to people about Christ, to be initiating those conversations. And one of the things, resources that um, I've been putting in a few people's hands um, is this little um, series called Uncovering Jesus by uh, Rebecca Manley Pippet, um, which is six little studies um, in the Gospel of Luke. And so um, I was just thinking about that because you're talking about inviting someone along to a course, and of course your friend lives you know, yeah. in the city or in a west, and a course is not possible. But this is the sort of thing where you could say, hey, do you know, you want to meet up over lunch for a few weeks and mm-hmm. ask just to look at the life of Jesus and you know what that's all about. I've got this cool book that I'm keen to get stuck into. Would you be interested mm-hmm. in just spending some time with me just to look at, at, at Jesus because Jesus had such an impact on my life? Um, as an end goal rather than, you know, come to a course or whatever. Yeah. It's more us, you know, looking for those moments. Take them yeah. So I really had yeah. hoped that I'd bring a whole bunch of them because I have about 20, they cost about $8, or well, they cost $8 each. You can get them through Kurong or um, the Book Depository or 
um, through the Good Book Company, which is in the inner west in Stanhope. Um, and a fantastic resource that really keen. You'll be, we'll be doing a session in life groups on that um, later on this year, just looking at that um, issue. Well, we only have just over five minutes left. I do have more questions I want to ask these guys, but before we do that, is, does anyone here have questions or things that you'd like to, to ask um, of our most reverend panel? <laughs> Thank you. Anything at all? Okay. Well, if you do, think, just stick up your hand or get my attention um, if you've got something else you'd like to ask. Um, question three, and probably our final question because we're going to run out of time after this. Um, how would you encourage someone who feels as though they're really weak in this area of talking to people about their faith, but they're here, obviously, they want to make a start, um, they really want to grow, or they're listening at home, they really want to grow in this. Um, what are some ideas or what are some things uh, or some ways in which you'd really encourage them to make a start and to step forward? What are some things that have been helpful for you? Um, I think, um, this is considering this, um, the fact that you want to make a start for a start is mm. you know, God's work, evidence of God's work at you in you. Um, prayer, honestly, is the number one thing that I immediately think of. Um, it just, I think, bringing before God what it is that's stopping you, or and if you don't know, asking God to reveal what what is it that I'm. That's stopping me from wanting to actually step out and share the gospel, or um, and then just bringing that before God and being honest and saying, like, look, I, like for me, like I really fear rejection. I fear um, what people are going to think of me, um, and repenting of that. Like I had to repent of valuing up people's people's opinions more than God's. Um, and then I was thinking about it and. You know, two years ago, God convicted me. I didn't care about people. I'd shared the gospel. I told people about the gospel, but it was more like I was standing for the gospel. But I didn't really care about people. And I, I'm, God convicted me on that. And just praying that, I started to pray that God would give me a heart for people, that I'd be able to see them as lost, as really actually where they're heading, and that I'd be affected by that, not just know it in my head. Um, and I think God's grown me in that being able to care for people and so I, I think yeah and then just praying just see one person in your life you know that uh, you're in contact with um, just connecting like the C4 connecting caring for them and then just praying for opportunities to to be able to share the gospel um, um yeah. Cool. Yeah, compassion is so important. Um, Jeff Vanderstelt says, you know, that um, sharing the gospel without compassion is what he calls rock throwing evangelism, <laughs> where you kind of just like throw rocks at someone <laughs> and run them away, <laughs> rather than actually like spending the time to, because you're driven by love for that person. Like yeah. Jesus saw the compassion on the crowd as they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Mm. And moving towards someone in love and loving that whole person, and as an expression of that love, talking about Jesus. Mm. Um, it's, it's really good. Mm. Riley, how'd you encourage someone? It's hard to know. Like, there's so many things that I wish for myself and others, but a couple would be one would be, Behold, I'm with you. 
you know, Jesus, I'm with you, he says. Go make disciples. So as part of our calling, we can't throw it off. It's not an option. We're all called to make disciples. We're, we're not called to convert people. We're called to train someone to follow Jesus. Uh, but where he's with us, so being that prayer, I think, helps you realize. Okay, I'm going to go out. The second thing I would say is what you quote in that book, which is, it's not about the conversion. It's not about the decision. It's about the faithfulness to present the gospel to that person. And that's really helpful for me. Um, and then the third thing I would say is just do what Emma has done, which is make something of the normal rhythm of life. Make it intentional. Make it relational. Make it you're at a park with the kids. You're at work. You're at on the train. Whatever you're doing or at home with your own family, just use whatever God's already... I don't think we need to do too many new things or anything new. There's already ample opportunity all around us. Um, and so, you know, taking up taking up that, and then I'd like to reiterate what Maddie said, which is, I think repentance is key, that we are so selfish, I'm so selfish, and I give in to my fears and my idols of my heart, and that stops me. Um, and so, yeah, Jesus is with you. Make the best of every situation um, and repent. I think, <laughs> yeah, and that helps me. And when I do that, I actually evangelize. When I don't do that, I don't evangelize. So that's yeah. anything you'd add to that? Yeah. Uh, I'd add two things, and that is to say that uh, don't answer for other people. Um, I often oh, I have assumed that oh they're not going to be interested, so I don't even bother. And that needs to stop. That For me, that needs to stop because I am making so many assumptions. Yeah. And I, I'm making assumptions for them. And they're big people. They need to make their own choices. Mm. But I need to live with my own conscience at the end of the day. My own conscience instructs me that I need to, to, to have integrity and to communicate. And that is really what inspired me and what spurs me on and what has challenged me and convicted me to actually say something and to stop answering for other people. So I need to stop the assuming. So that sort of convicts me to, to move forward and the other thing and I, I'll tell this story which is highly embarrassing uh, which is I have made some mistakes like I was sharing with I was doing the street what was that um, walk up thing. yeah walk up at Hornsby Fountain and I was speaking to one lady and I got my countries all mixed up um, you know I said that China was part of some other I don't know I said something completely and utterly wrong and I'm like I really want to die um, I feel so stupid in front of Brandon in front of this girl um, you know they're going to think they're all idiots and you know I needed to be kind to myself so that's one of the things that I want to share with you that you know I really wanted to go hide under a rock that day and probably for the rest of my life and go right. you know I am a failure I can't do this I'm an idiot all of these things all these soft talks and accusations and I then needed to go oh you know what I tried. I got out there. Mm. I did it. So there needs to be forgiveness to self as well. There needs to be a sense of humor. There needs to be kindness because we're not going to do it right. We're right, going to be. Yeah. Sometimes we're going to be very blunt instruments when our intention is to be soft. Yeah. Uh, sometimes we're going to be soft when we probably need to be sharper. Mm. Um, but having an awareness and having a sense of humor and being kind. I think he's really going to be helpful along this journey because it can be very discouraging. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in my view, I think we are our own worst enemies, and that's, of course, aided by Satan and accusation and things like that. But, you know, our own self-talk can go, oh, no, that's not helpful. I need to, you know, for me, right. my favorite word at the moment is, I'll stop it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, stop with that. And, you know, what is the point? The point is to be faithful. So yeah, that's good. That's... Can I add one more thing? I know you're about to finish, but I reckon one of the best things as well is 
and it's very much Emma, is just be you. Like God has made, you know, CJ and Linda and everyone here, but God has made you to be you and your life to be your life. And so don't try and be Brendan or Emma or me or Maddie or Dave. Don't be Brendan to be awkward. Don't be awkward, <laughs> but, you know, don't underestimate you. Don't underestimate you, I think. And what God's got. Yeah, it's there. <laughs> but I think there's power in that. Yeah. Don't underestimate what God wants to do through you, not through someone else. Because Rico Tice is a great evangelist, but he knows none of your friends. And so he cannot evangelize to your friends. He just can't. Tim Keller is awesome, but he doesn't know anyone that you know. And so God has only got you there. And so that's the only hope that person's got, so to speak, you know, in that language, is that just be you. And there's, you know, you're going to do a better job than Rico Tice because Rico Tice will never meet them. Great. Well, I hope there's been things that encourage you guys and provoke you, whether you're sitting here or listening in at home. <laughs> Do you like that? Yeah, I like it. You know what? Let's just be let's be a, a web church. Let's be a web church. Yeah. That's not. No one calls it the web, do they? <laughs> All right. Cyberspace. On that note, let me pray and then uh, send you guys out to greet and love on people. Um, Lord, just thank you so much for the power of your gospel. And um, I just think as everyone's been sharing, we're all... We all have failures in this. We all struggle with this. We all have our sin exposed in this and in a way sometimes we just, we're fearful and afraid and we love other things more than you and people knowing you. And Lord, I just pray that you just give us an awareness of your grace. You give us a power from your spirit. You give us a confidence in you and that you'd help us be faithful. Mm. And um, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys, for coming. And um, we'll see you all hopefully next week to hear about Heroes of Faith. Mm-hmm.